Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. to be in church with you today. My name is Lisa and uh, we are going to be looking at the next part of this series we are calling Plus. And uh, I know that you guys here in Gloucester had a treat last week from Pastor Amy and it's going to be hopefully take us on to the next part of uh, this series. Uh, And you know, I just believe that God wants us to live in the plus. His grace is incredible, isn't it? His grace towards us and his favour towards us is so incredible that we get to live in this plus. We get to live more, uh, larger and a fuller life than we should be able to. Why? Because of Jesus and who he is and everything that he has given us. And he invites us to be a part of the plus. And I loved the picture that we had uh, during prayer week where we were saying, hey, we're not going to let our back foot hold back our front foot. We're not going to let our shoelaces be tied together, that the past should hold us back from the front foot things that God has for us. And if you turned up a little late today, Pastor Amy, right at the beginning of the service said, Pentecostals mean that they're on their tiptoes, ready for whatever God wants to do. And I believe that today God wants to do something. So you ready? to get on your tiptoes come on Uh, but we are going to talk about something very serious today a very serious topic today and I need to get this out of the way at the beginning of the service okay and that is the terror of Instagram adverts anybody know what I'm talking about these adverts that completely consume you normally for me it happens in the deepest darkest moments of the night when I am scrolling which is usually about 8 30 p.m because I am a very tired mum and um, I'll be scrolling away and then all of a sudden uh, this Instagram advert will come up and it will suck me in completely to something I absolutely do not not need. Uh, I will tell you some of the dangerous adverts that I have been sucked into just recently and just held off actually purchasing and it's really shameful okay. One of them was a slow cooker. I know some of you are like that is the saddest thing I've ever heard and some of you are like that's a great idea. It was just the best slow cooker I've ever seen. You can take the pot out and cook stuff on the the top first then put it back on and then you can set it to a timer so it'll be cooked perfectly and then it will keep it at the same temperature without drying it out until you're ready to eat it later. Come on somebody I'm ready to respond today. I don't know about you. Uh, uh, Another one is like ASOS gets me all the time. Outfit sponsored by ASOS today. I have given in there. It always gets me and you just see this fabulous outfit and it looks absolutely amazing on that model and you know that will absolutely look the same on me. And then you're like, maybe it doesn't when it comes and is delivered the next day because it's that easy. Uh, But the weirdest one that I have had that I just got completely sucked into which if anybody of you know me, it is extra weird. And it was this, right? I cannot get enough of the Peloton bike adverts. Now, the front row in particular are laughing because Amy and Chris tried to get me to come to the gym with them, convinced me to get a membership, 
turned up once for a year. That was the entire time. Uh, because I, yeah. Uh, but this Peloton bike, they're a thing of beauty. Have you seen them? Do you know what I'm talking about? They're beautiful. And these adverts, and they're just showing the different parts of it. And it's just, it just looks beautiful. And I think that would look great in my house. I'd look like I had a fabulous gym. I love the idea. The people look beautiful that are riding them. And they look healthy. And they look happy. And the bike looks beautiful. And it looks healthy and it looks happy and then I go oh yeah but there is no way that you will stay on that bike there is no way that you will stay on that bike and use it I lack the perseverance I I do not have it to make the most of that thing you see the thing about a peloton bike is it yes it might look beautiful in the corner of the room but the beauty and the purpose and the everything that it has will stay in the corner of the room unless I get on it and start pedaling the whole potential and purpose of it it will stay there unless I get on it and start pedaling uh, we're going to read today's verses together, and it's in uh, 2 Peter uh, 1 from verse 3, and it says this. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature. You need to underline that in your Bible today. That is ridiculous. Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. These verses are amazing, aren't they? They're like smack you in the face kind of verses. They're not ones you can skip over or take lightly. And I love how verse 4 says this. He, it says, He has given us His very great and precious promises. What? So that we can look at them. So that, so that we can, uh, they can look great on us. Uh, no, it says so that we can participate in his divine nature. That word is so good, it made me spit. I don't know if you noticed that then. But it's such a life-changing word right there. You get to participate. You get to be a participator in God's divine nature. How absolutely mad is that? And I believe that God is saying, like never before, it's time to participate. It is time to get on your bike. It's time to get on your bike today. And as you uh, read down through this list... I love this list. It says, so now add to your faith. And we start going down this list. And this list looks like threats, but actually is opportunities. And as we look down this list, it says, oh, yeah, goodness. Add to your faith, goodness. That sounds nice, doesn't it? Yeah, really good. And then it says, and add to that knowledge. Knowledge sounds good. Yeah, I'd love to have a load of knowledge. And then the next one is uh, self-control. And then we're like, mm, 
that's okay, yeah. And then right in the middle, it says perseverance. And at that point, I shut my Bible and I'm done for the day. That's as far enough for me. Thank you very much. But I believe that God is calling us to be a persevering church. That God is asking us not just to buy into something that looks beautiful in the corner of your room, but he's asking us to buy into something that we're going to participate with. He's asking us to be a church that's going to persevere. He's asking us to be a people of perseverance, a a people that are saying, yeah, I'm going to run my race and I'm going to finish it. I'm going to be a people that stays on the bike and keeps pedaling and keeps moving. Paul writes to the church in Galatia, in, verse, in chapter 5 and verse 7, it says, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from seeing the truth? I think there's uh, three things that keep us from uh, receiving the truth. I think there's a few things that uh, interrupt us when we should be pedaling on our bike. There's a few things that get in the way when we're trying to move ahead in our journey with Jesus and we're cycling along. And the first thing is this, distraction. We get on the bike and we start pedaling. I should have thought this through. We've got two services to do this on. (laughs) And then all of a sudden we get distracted by something that God is doing in somebody else's life. We uh, get distracted, we're scrolling through and another advert comes up and I think I'd rather buy into that actually, God. I I don't want to be living through this thing that you've asked me to do, this thing that you've called me to be obedient to and we get distracted. We see the thing that that is over there looks greater than what's happening here right now because this is hurting and I'm really feeling this in my thighs and uh, we get distracted by what's happening over there when God has asked us to be here. We get distracted. In 2 Samuel 11 verses 1, it says this, In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. This is King David. You know, the giant killer, King David. And uh, he, it says in this very beginning, in this first bit, it says, In the time when kings go off to war, David, David didn't go. David was the king, but he allowed himself to be distracted and allowed himself to remain in Jerusalem. And do you know what happens next? He sees Bathsheba. He sees this thing that distracted him, that looked good. He allowed himself to be distracted enough not to go to war, that he remained where he was, and he saw something that he shouldn't have seen. And then one thing led to another, and he ended up getting this woman pregnant who was not his wife. And more than that, then he organized and orchestrated the murder of her husband so as to cover his tracks. David should have been peddling, but he got distracted. He allowed one distraction to lead to another distraction and all of a sudden he's off the bike completely. The second thing that happens uh, when we are on the bike is this. We start to uh, pedal again. Oh gosh. We start to pedal again. And then we've been going a good while and we've stopped ourselves from being distracted. But then all of a sudden, this is getting really hard. This is getting really tough. Like... When's this workout ever going to be over? 
when am I going to see the results? When am I going to see the thing that, that I'm asking, you've asked me to do, God? When am I going to see this promise come, come to pass? When am I going to see it? And all of a sudden, you find yourself disappointed and puffed out at life and frustrated with the way things are going. You know, it reminds me of when uh, these fishermen had gone out and they'd fished all night and then Jesus comes along and says, hey, can I borrow your boat? They'd caught nothing. He said, can I borrow your boat just to teach these people? And after he's finished teaching them, he says, hey, why don't you push out into the water and let down your nets again? And this guy, Peter, he turns to him, he's like, are you having a laugh? We have fished all night. I have been peddling this thing all night. There is no no way I am going to let down my nets. That was all the stuff that was going on inside him. But do you know what he responded with? He said, but because you say so. And some of us need to remain on our bike because he said so. Some of us are giving up too soon. We're giving up too sure of the thing that you're asking God for, the thing you ask God for. Why? Because we're disappointed and it's hard and I'm starting to feel the burn and I can't do this. But because God said so, I'm going to stick on the bike. I'm going to go a little harder. I'm going to go a little longer. We let disappointment get in the way. And the other thing that happens is this. Some of these bikes, not this one, but some of these bikes, they have this little button on there. You notice it. You go, oh, there's a button there. If I press that, well, it's taking all the weight for me. It's called cruise control. Anybody know what I'm saying? I could really do that right now. It would really help me out. Cruise control. There's a cruise control button where actually I can just go like this. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. And actually what happens is, is because the cruise control takes over and it's doing all the hard work for us, we get off the bike again. We get off the bike again, the most dangerous button of all. And I think we hit the cruise control button, not because we've not got enough in our tank, but because we throw away our confidence. And I believe that maybe some of us today have thrown away our confidence. It says in Hebrews 10, verse 35 to 37, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and not delay. What an absolutely incredible promise for us today. He who has said it is going to come and he will not delay. I want to give you three things that are going to help you to stay on the bike, okay? The first one is this. You've got to have a promise. You've got to have a vision. You've got to have something that's going to keep you on that bike. It all starts with a promise. I love Hebrews 11. Uh, it's a great chapter in the Bible. And it's like a who's who of faith. A who's who of people who have done incredible exploits for God. There's people like Abraham who literally moved his family to the middle of nowhere. Why? Because God said so. There's no one who built an ark. Nobody had ever seen a boat before. He built it. Why? Because God said so. And there's Moses who took the people out of slavery. I couldn't say that then. Slavery. That was a really West Country, wasn't it? And um, right through the Red Sea. Why? Because God had said so. All these stories and the one being written through your life start with God's promise towards you. God has great promises towards you. You need to get a promise. You need to get a vision that reminds you why you're staying on that bike, why you're going to keep pedaling, why you're going to be a people of perseverance, a powerful people of perseverance. It starts with a promise and a vision. And the great thing about this is God promises in His Word that His Word will not return void. 
And he who has promised is faithful. So when you're on your bike and you're pedaling, you can just say, his word will not return void. And he who has promised is faithful. The second thing you need to do is this. And you can nudge your neighbor and you can say to them, hold your position. A little bit louder because you've got a muzzle on. Hold your position. 2 Samuel 23 and verse 11, there's a great story, one of my absolute favourite stories, and it's about a guy named Shammah. And it says this, next to him was Shammah, son of Aji, the Harite. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel's troop fled from them. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down. And the Lord brought about a great victory. Shammah, when everybody else ran away, when everybody else got off the bike, while everybody else was was afraid and threatened, he stood in the middle of the field that had harvest in it and he said, I am going to hold my position. This does not belong to you, enemy. This belongs to me and my children. I am going to feed my children from this because it's not just about me. It's about the generations. This harvest, it means more than just what's happening in my life, but I believe there's going to be a great harvest that is going to come in my life and in my time. So I'm going to hold my position. I'm going to stand firm then and I am going to defend it. And I'm going to believe God, you're in this field. You're in this thing that you have set me upon. You're you're with me in the bike while I'm on the bike. This is my place and this is my position. God, you've given me a promise. You said you've given me a vision. You've told me about this sickness that will no longer be a problem in my life. You told me about my child who is far off from you and they will come back to you. You told me about the fact that I'm going to influence governments and nations. You told me that you're going to do a great and amazing thing in my life and I trust you. You told me that I'm going to have freedom from that pain and that hurt that started when I was a kid. You told me God and I'm going to be a person of perseverance. I'm going to be a person of power. I am God and I believe you and I'm going to hold my position like Shammah did. I'm going to defend the harvest that you have given me because you have said it God and your word will not return void. And so you keep pedaling. You keep pedaling. Do you know what, church? We've hit cruise control too much. We've allowed disappointment and discouragement to get in the way. We've allowed distraction to come in. But we're going to be a people that hold our stand. We're going to be a church that holds our stand in this city that says, hey, I believe in the potential of this city. I believe that there are too many people that don't know you, Jesus, but we're going to take our stand. We're going to take our stand. This church, we're going to have three services, four services, five services. We're going to sweat the asset until it's done. We're going to, we're going to fill this place. Why? Because we believe, God, that you've called us to build kingdom here as it is in heaven, on earth, in Gloucester. So I'm going to hold my position. I'm going to hold my position third thing you need to do is this you need to praise him you see Paul and Silas they'd literally been arrested from fulfilling the the vision and the promise that God had given them they'd literally been arrested and taken from the promise and the vision that they were supposed to be fulfilling and they found themselves in jail in the inner cell locked up with chains on them. 
And do you know what they ended up doing? It says at about midnight, they were found singing and praising their God. They were found singing and praising their God. And you know what happens next? The chains fell off and the walls came down and they were free men again. They didn't get off their bike. They allowed their praise to carry them through because they know the one that they were praising was bigger than their situation. The one that they were praising was bigger than anything that was going on. And some of us, it's got hard and it's got difficult and you got puffed out and there's been distraction on either side and we need to start going, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Tell every giant, move out of the way. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Tell every giant, get out my way. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Tell every giant, get out my way. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Tell every giant, get out my way. Start to see the chains fall off and freedom to come back and the power of perseverance to start to work through you because you've been called to add to your faith perseverance. So I don't know what it is right now that's discouraged you. I don't know what the vision that God has given you is, but I know one thing, we praise a God who is bigger than us, who is able, who is more than able. And if He said it, He's gonna make it happen. So if you need to praise Him today, why don't you stand to your feet? Because the response looks like getting a bit crazy and praising Him despite your circumstances. So right now, this is not just a, a moment we're building into, but this is an opportunity to respond in praise today. Because I'm not going to let the giants that are facing me limit what God wants to do through me. So if that's you today, I need to see you jumping, waving your hands, shouting, screaming, declaring who God is today. Because this 